0: Chapter Six of the Second Latchkey. This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Katie Gibbony. The Second Latch Key by Charles Norris and Alice Muriel Williamson. Chapter Six. Chapter Six: The Beginning or the End. For one confused instant, the girl stood statue still. Then, realizing that she was free, without a thought for Mrs. Ellsworth, she ran out of the room. In the front corridor and in the dining room, the electric light was still on, and as she reached the stairs, Ansley saw Ruthven Smith standing near the top with a small pistol in his hand. She feared that he would fire a second shot, and there was no time to reach him. Somehow, he must be stopped with a word, but what word? "'Everything depended on that. "'Sheer desperation inspired her. "'Stop! He's my lover!' she cried. "'Don't shoot!' "'Ruth Van Smith, a tall, lanky figure "'in a long overcoat, "'kept his weapon aimed at someone "'out of the girl's sight, "'but he jerked his head aside "'for a glance down at her. "'It was a brief glance, "'for the man who dreaded burglars "'would not be caught napping. "'He turned again instantly "'to face a possible antagonist, "'eyes as well as weapon ready.' But THE LIGHT FROM BELOW HAD LIT UP HIS FEATURES FOR A SECOND, AND ANSLEY REALIZED THAT DISGUST AND ASTONISHMENT WERE THE EMOTIONS HER CONFESSION HAD INSPIRED. THE FACT THAT HE WAS INCLINED TO BELIEVE HER STATEMENT SHOWED HOW LOW WAS HIS OPINION OF WOMEN. ANSLEY KNEW THAT HE DID NOT THINK HIGHLY OF HER SEX, BUT HE HAD LIKED HER, AND SHE HAD LIKED HIM DESPITE HIS eccentricities. HIS LOOK SAID, "'SO, YOU ARE THE SAME AS THE REST, BUT IN CASE YOU'RE LYING, I SHAN'T BE THROWN OFF GUARD.' The girl felt physically sick as she understood the irrevocability of what she had just said, and the way in which her words were construed. If she could have waited, Nelson Smith might have saved himself without compromising her, for he was, above all things, resourceful. In announcing that he was her lover, she had committed him as well as herself. He would have to make the best of a situation she had recklessly created. This she realized— but had no time to wonder how he would do it before he spoke. "'Mr. Ruthven Smith, what Miss Grail says is the truth. We're engaged to be married. All I want is a chance to explain why you find me where I am. I'm not armed, so you can safely give me that chance.' "'You know my name?' exclaimed Ruthven Smith, suspiciously. He still covered the other with his pistol, as Ansley could see now, because Nelson Smith had coolly advanced within a yard of the Brownings.' small black muzzle and finding the electric switch had flooded the upper corridor with light i've heard your name from miss grail said the younger man i know it must be you because no other person has a right to make himself at home in this house as you are doing i certainly haven't but bringing her home a few minutes ago after dining out we saw a light in what she said was your room she was afraid some thief had got in and i proposed to her that i should take a quiet look round while she went to see if mrs ellsworth was safe no doubt she was all right because i heard them talking together while i examined your premises the next thing i knew as i was coming down with the news that everything was quiet you blazed away it was quite a surprise i fired in the air not at you ruthven smith excused himself more or less convinced annesley clutched the banisters in the sudden weakness of a great revulsion from panic to relief she might have known that he would somehow rescue her even from her own blundering the shamed red, which had stained annesley's cheeks at ruthven smith's contempt died away her lover he was openly that now had miraculously made his presence in the other smith's room after eleven o'clock at night in this early, bed-going household, the most natural thing in the world. At least, Ruthven Smith's almost apologetic tone in answering proved that he had been persuaded to think it so. With Mrs. Ellsworth, however, it would be different. There would lie the stumbling block. But with all danger from the browning ended, the girl was in no mood to borrow trouble for the future, even a future already rushing into the arms of the present. "'I should always fire the first shot in the air,' Ruthven Smith went on, unless directly threatened. "'Lucky for me,' replied the other, "'I don't want to die yet, and it would have been hard lines as I was trying to do you a good turn, rid you of a thief if there were one, but I suppose you or some servant must have left the light on in your room.' "'I'm pretty sure I didn't,' said Ruthven Smith. "'still speaking with the nervousness of a suspicious man, "'yet at the same time slowly, half-reluctantly, "'pocketing his pistol. "'We must find out how this happened. "'Perhaps there has been a thief.' "'No sign of anything being disturbed in your room,' "'the younger man assured him. "'However, you'd best have a look round. "'If you like,' and he laughed a frank-sounding laugh, "'I'm quite willing to be searched before I leave the house, "'so you can make sure I'm not going off with any booty.' "'Certainly not,' "'Nothing of the kind. "'I accept your explanation,' protested Ruth Van Smith. "'He laughed also, though stiffly and with an effort. "'I have no valuables in my luggage. "'I have brought none with me. "'It's not worth my while to open the boxes in my room, "'as there's nothing there to tempt a thief. "'Still, one gets a start coming to a quiet house. "'At this time of night, finding a light in one's windows that ought to be dark,' "'and then seeing a man walk out of one's room. "'My nerves aren't overstrong. "'I confess I have a horror of night alarms. "'I travel a good deal "'and have got in the habit of carrying a pistol. "'However, all's well that ends well. "'I apologize to you and to Miss Grayle. "'When I know you better, "'I hope you'll allow me to make up "'by congratulating you both on your engagement.' "'As he spoke, in his prim, old-fashioned way, "'he began to descend the stairs.' taking off his hat as if to join the girl whom in thought he had wronged for an instant. Nelson Smith followed, smiling at Ansley over the elder man's high, narrow head, sparsely covered with lank hair of fading brown. It was at this moment Mrs. Ellsworth chose to appear, habited once more in a hurriedly donned dressing-gown, a white silk scarf substituting in haste for a discarded nightcap, Panting with anger and fierce with curiosity, she had forgotten her rheumatism and abandoned her martyred hobble for a waddling run. Thus she pounced out at the foot of the stairway, and was upon the girl before the three absorbed actors in the scene had heard the shuffling feet in woolen slippers. "'What does this mean?' she quavered, so close to Ansley's ear that the girl wheeled with a start of renewed alarm. "'Who's this strange man in my house? What's this talk about engagements?' "'A strange man,' echoed Ruth Van Smith, prickling with suspicion again. "'Haven't you met him? Miss Grail's fiance? "'Miss Grayle's fiddlesticks,' shrilled the old woman. "'The girl's a baggage, a worthless baggage. "'In my room just now she struck me, beat my poor rheumatic knuckles. "'For five years I've sheltered her, given her the best of everything, "'even to the clothes she has on her back.' this is the way she repays me with insults and cruelty and smuggles strange men secretly into my house at night and pretends to be engaged to them the dark young man in evening dress passed the lean figure in travelling clothes without a word and putting annesley gently aside stepped between her and mrs ellsworth there is no question of pretending he said sternly miss Grayle has promised to marry me if our engagement has been kept a secret "'It's only because the right moment hadn't come for announcing it. "'I entered your house for a few moments to-night, for the first time, "'on an errand which seemed important, as Mr. Ruth Van Smith will explain. "'I don't feel called upon to apologize for my presence "'in the face of your attitude to Miss Greyle. "'It was our intention that you should have plenty of notice before she left you. "'Time to find someone for her place. "'But after what has happened, it's your own fault, madame, "'if we marry with a special license.' "'and I take her out of this house to-morrow. "'I only wish it might be now.' "'It shall be now,' Mrs. Ellsworth screamed him down. "'The girl doesn't darken my doors another hour. "'I don't know who you are, and I don't want to know, "'but with or without you, "'Ansley Grail leaves my house to-night.' "'Mrs. Ellsworth, surely you haven't stopped "'to think what you're saying,' protested Ruth Van Smith. "'You can't turn a girl into the street "'in the middle of the night with a young man you don't know, "'even if she is engaged to him.' "'I won't have her here, after the way she's treated me. "'After the way she's acted altogether,' Mrs. Ellsworth insisted. "'Let her go to your cousins if you think they'd approve of her conduct. "'As for me, I doubt it. "'And I'm sure she lied when she said they'd asked her to dine with them tonight. "'I don't believe she went near them.' "'Ruthven Smith, who had made a surprise visit at the Archdeacon's and dined there, "'had heard no mention of Ansley Grail being expected. "'For an instant he was silenced. "'But the girl did not lack a defender.' She will not need to beg for Archdeacon Smith's hospitality, said the young man, and even if Mrs. Ellsworth implored her to stay, I couldn't allow it now. I will see that Miss Grayle is properly sheltered and cared for to-night by a lady whose kindness will make her forget what she has suffered. As soon as possible we shall be married by special license. Go to your room, dearest, and put together a few things for to-night and to-morrow morning, just what will fit into a handbag, if there's anything else you value, it can be sent for later. Then I'll take you away. The words were brave and comforting, and a wave of emotion swept Ansley's soul toward the mysterious, unknown soul of her night. It was so strong, so compelling a wave, that she had no fear in trusting herself to him. He was her refuge, her protector. For a moment of gratitude, she even forgot he was mysterious. "'forgot that a few hours ago "'she had been ignorant of his existence. "'When remembrance flooded her brain, "'her only fear was for him. "'What if the watchers should still be there "'when they went out of the house together?' "'She had turned to go to her room "'as he suggested when suddenly this question "'seemed to be shouted in her ear. "'Hesitating, she looked back, "'her eyes imploring, "'to meet a smile so confident "'that it defied fate. "'Ansley saw that he understood "'what was in her mind,' and this smile was the answer. For some reason he thought himself sure that the watchers were out of the way. The girl could not guess why, unless he had spied on the taxi from Ruthven Smith's window and saw it go. But she would soon learn. Her room was a mere band box at the back of the addition, behind Mrs. Ellsworth's bedroom and bath, and dashing into it now, the new, vividly alive Annesley seemed to meet in pity the timid, hopeless girl, whose one safe haven these mean quarters had been. She tried to gather the old self into her new self, that she might take it with her and comfort it, rescuing it from the tyrant. The two trunks she had brought five years ago were stored in the basement box-room, but under the camp-bed was her dressing-bag, the only lock-up receptacle she possessed. In it she kept a few letters, and an abortive diary, which in some moods had given her the comfort of a confidant the key of this bag was never absent from her purse and opening it with quivering hands the girl threw in a few toilet things for the night a coat skirt and blouse for morning and a small flat toque which would not crush afterward in that wonderful dim afterward which shone vaguely bright like a sunlit landscape discerned through mist she could send for more of her possessions but she would have nothing which had been given her by mrs ellsworth and she would return the dress and cloak she was wearing to-night. Three minutes were enough for the packing of the bag. Then, luggage in hand, she turned at the door for a last look, such as a released convict might give to his cell. "'Good-bye,' she said, with a thought of compassion for her successor, and passing Mrs. Ellsworth's room, she would have thrown a farewell glance at its familiar chairs and tables, each one of which she hated with a separate hatred.' "'but with a shock of surprise "'she found the door shut. "'That must mean that the dragon "'had retreated from the combat "'and retired to her lair. "'Not to be chased from the house "'by the sharp arrows of insult "'seemed almost too good to be true. "'But when Ansley arrived, "'bag in hand, at the front corridor, "'it was to see Ruth Van Smith "'standing there alone, "'and the door open to the street. "'Mrs. Ellsworth has gone to her room,' "'he explained, and, er, "'your friend,' Your fiancé is looking for a taxi, not to keep you waiting. He didn't leave till Mrs. Ellsworth went. I don't think he would have trusted me to protect you without him, though I, er, I did my best with her. Good heavens, what a fury! I never saw that side of her before. I must say, I don't blame you for making your own plans, Miss Grayle I, I don't blame you for anything, and I hope you'll feel the same toward me. I'd be sorry to think that, er, "'After our pleasant acquaintance, this was to be our last meeting. "'Won't you show that you forgive me for the mistake I made? "'I think it was natural. "'And tell me what your married name will be?' "'Ansley looked anxiously at the half-open front door. "'If only the absent one would return and save her from this new dilemma. "'If she did not speak, Mr. Ruthven Smith would think her harsh and unforgiving. "'Yet she could not answer unless she gave the name adopted temporarily for convenience. "'She hesitated.' Her eyes on the door, but the darkness and silence outside sent a doubt into her heart, cold and sickly as a bat flapping in from the night. What if he never came back? What if the watchers had been hiding out there, lying in wait, and, two against one, both bigger men physically than he, and perhaps armed, they had overpowered him? What if she were never to see him again, and this hour which had seemed the beginning of hope were to be its end?' end of chapter six